had buffalo that like buffalo chicken dip, but that looks really good. I'm gonna have to find a way to try that sometime. <laughs> So, good. <laughs> future top 10 snacks episode that might be in there i don't know <laughs> <laughs> all right connor tell us about your list all right so i guess i'll i'll go eric's route and go 10 to 1 so um just like nate at look at cheetos at number 10 apparently i have two similarities in the same positions <laughs> but we'll start with cheetos at number 10 um yeah, I same with Nate. I actually I probably should have put the puffs on here because I actually do like the puffs a little bit better. But um, the crunchy ones are you have a lot more access to them, I guess, because they don't make snack size bags for the puffs, unfortunately. So um, a lot more access to the crunchy ones, so they're good. Then I put Pringles at number nine. I did put the original ones. I know. I think for me the pizza ones are probably actually my favorite flavor, but. The thing for the pizza ones is for me is that they're a bit strong when it comes to their flavor. So one thing I've done with the original Pringles that I've probably never done with any other flavor is especially just sitting in my apartment, like either playing games or, um, you know, when we're on Twitch, when we have our our, uh, break moments where we have our this crunching is brought to you by blah, blah, blah. (laughs) Yeah, Um, I've sat down and eaten like a whole can of these before. Like, unfortunately, (laughs) I know that's bad, but. Uh, but original ones are the only ones I've ever done it with because their flavor is just like, it's kind of, it's not as strong. So I don't get tired of them as fast, even though I like the pizza ones better. So I put those on there. Then I guess my weird one that a lot of people would probably go at, at number eight is I've got kale chips. Uh, if they're made right, they're actually really good. Uh, I've, they're, they have these ones that they sell in like containers that just aren't as good. They're just kind of like, eh. You know, I wouldn't really eat them, but I know my mom has made like homemade kale chips before in the oven. And, you know, you get the right amount of salt and the right amount of just like a little bit of vinegar on them. And they're fantastic. Like I said, I know a lot of people would go like, ugh, kale, gross. <laughs> but I, I really like them. So then, as I mentioned, the other similarity I have to Nate at number seven, same exact spot. I got Thin Mints. Nate was kind of like, eh, between Samoas and Thin Mints. Thin Mints are definitely 100% my favorite Girl Scout cookies. I know we recently did a poll on Twitter, and Thin Mints was the victorious Girl Scout cookie flavor, so because they are the best, obviously. But I will say the only way to eat Thin Mints is you got to put them in the fridge. Anybody who doesn't put them in the fridge before you eat them, you're eating them wrong. Um, <laughs> then number, <laughs> number six, I, got, I put... Uh, goldfish specifically the parmesan goldfish the best goldfish flavor out there and this is the same thing for me with like the pringles i've sat down like eating a whole bag of these parmesan goldfish before they're they're so good um i used to really like the original goldfish when i was growing up but then i discovered how uh what i was missing out on when i got the parmesan ones they have these they have this one bag that's like a mix of parmesan and pizza goldfish but i just don't find that as good it's just the the parmesan on their own so then at number five i've got moon pies this is something that unfortunately i tend to forget about when i'm like going to the store looking for snacks because i've always really liked these but a lot of times they're kind of hidden in some more obscure Mm -hmm. places than some of these other snack foods are so i kind of forget about them but um, I, I don't. I didn't have a good picture for it, but I really like the the double decker moon pies. Those are really good, and I've always liked marshmallow, just like marshmallows in stuff. So, and I kind of grew up eating moon pies too. They were um, 
whenever I'd have like snacks or something, they I would always have moon pies. So got them at number five. Then at number four, it's funny because I I don't think it was until I started talking to Eric and Zach, you know, on a regular basis again that I really got back into eating fudge rounds because I'd had them before, but just not very often. I just thought it was like, you know, like, yeah, these are good, but nah. And so, but then I started buying them and eating them again. And I'm like, man, these are really good. And then once Eric introduced me to the pairing them with milk, that was, I was like, yep, these are awesome. So, (laughs) um, so, but they're, they're, as you can see later on, they're not my favorite little Debbie snack, but they're definitely number four on my list. Then at number three, I've got just regular good old chocolate chip cookies, and I can't remember I that I don't remember what Nate said when he was talking about these. I kind of zoned out for a second, but if you're gonna have chocolate chip cookies, they gotta be warm and soft mm-hmm. because if you you know if they are hard and crunchy, because some people that <clears throat> sit around and eat these like the original like the regular chips ahoy that are like you know dry and like yeah. really crunchy Blast like, me. Oh. <laughs> i'm like i don't understand how you could ever like that you know chocolate chip cookies are meant to be because i get that you're not always going to get them warm but like if they're made right even if they're not warm they'll still be chewy mm-hmm. which is the important part so um and then obviously just like the fudge rounds if you're going to have chocolate chip cookies you gotta have milk and you know, I wish those glasses could be a little bit bigger, so you know the cookie could actually go in without you having to bite a little bit off of it. But I'm not gonna complain too much about that. That's, that's a first world problem there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's still one of my uh, rest in peace vine. One of my favorite vines I ever saw was a uh, one of Obama, and he was sitting at a desk with like a glass of milk and a, cho- a chocolate chip cookie, and he was like, you know, went to go put the cookie in but it wouldn't go down in the glass because it was too round and he was just like thanks obama (laughs) (laughs) so then at number two uh i got deep fried mac and cheese bites these unfortunately these are not something that you exactly have easy access to um they require a little bit more prep and work to go into them but if you know i know sheets has them and my school has made them before, like in their cafeteria and, you know, deep, I like deep fried anything. And I guess I consider these more of a snack because I, I really love deep fried okra, but I guess I wouldn't really consider that much of a snack. I've never sat down and snacked on them. They don't, places don't serve that as a snack. So I guess I went with the deep fried mac and cheese bites instead. Um, had to get something, another savory thing in there. There's been a lot of sweet things on here. So, um, the highest rated savory food and then finally number one um i said that fudge rounds weren't my favorite little debbie snack i've been eating these things when i was growing up my nanny used to get them for us all the time it was honey buns honey buns and kool-aid were like basically what i was i was my, was my fuel when i was growing up was <laughs> honey buns and kool-aid black cherry kool-aid specifically and um and i still I, this, this is another food that I kind of went away from for a little while, kind of like the moon pies. But then when I got, uh, you know, got my own money and was able to start, you know, going out and buying my own stuff, I started buying them again. And yeah, this is I 
have to control myself when I buy these because I'll eat like all eight of them that are in like the little Debbie package in like one night. So I'm sure Eric probably does that with fudge rounds, like with all 10 of them in the package. He's got to control himself. <laughs> I try so. to limit myself to two at a time. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's my top 10 snacks list. And I guess I'll let Zach go now. Yeah, to another, round it out. Another solid list here. It's making me hungry for sure. Um, <laughs> if only it wasn't so eleven o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know. Um, I've got my top ten favorite snacks here on the screen, and I'll start with number ten, like you guys did. Now, like I said before, if this was an all-time thing, the s'mores pop tarts would be on this list, and they'd be higher because, I mean, I grew up with those at school. But uh, chocolate fudge is a more recent flavor I was introduced to. Uh, really by my dad. He he was the first one. He he got them from the store and brought them back. And yeah, they have Uncle to be Steve, toasted. Shout out. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they got to be toasted though. Um, they're really good though. I think they're the best pop tart flavor now. Uh, pop tarts are still pretty good though. They're they're a solid treat. Um, as well. And then number nine, I've got chocolate chip cookies. I mean, these would be. I mean, the reason I've got them at number nine and not higher is really just because if you want them done right, you do have to do a little bit of work for them uh, because it, it's one of those things that, like Connor and Nate said, it's homemade is vastly, vastly improved over the, the store uh, brand ones and, and whatnot. And when you get them right out of the oven, they are good. And uh, Steak and Shake, surprisingly, has a really good uh, recipe or something for them because I was surprised. Yeah. And not only how big they were uh, at Steak and Shake, but also the quality of them was uh, really good. It was it was shocking to me how good they were, to be honest. But um, <laughs> they're uh, they're they're a nice treat. Uh, and then Oreo, I've got ahead of them another cookie. Oreos are probably the easiest thing to eat. I mean, they're, they're another one where they're so small, where you can eat a couple of them and you know and still feel good, but. Uh, yeah, I, I'm one of those people though, that eats the Oreos like the pictures got them got the bite out of. I'm I've seen people like rip off the crust and eat the cream and then the crust. But like to me, it's so much better together when you combine the two. It's perfect. I mean, and and it's no work too because you don't have to make them like the chocolate chip ones. But they're really good. Also good in other things as well. Uh, is like basis for pies and stuff too. It, it, Oreos are very versatile in my opinion, which is why I've got them at uh, number eight. And then the Doritos story we've all been waiting to hear. I'll, I'll tell it again. I don't know if I've said it on the podcast. <laughs> Probably not because I don't think we – maybe on a Twitch stream when we were eating them one time. But, uh, but yeah, so I have an interesting relationship with Doritos um, because I used yes, to be – I don't know about a fanatic, but I was I was pretty pretty pleased with Doritos, especially the nacho cheese kind. Pretty pleased. <laughs> That's an interesting way to phrase that. Yeah. <laughs> an interesting relationship. <laughs> I like this yeah, story. No, yeah, no, they they were good for me, but um, I was in an extended day in elementary school one time, and we always got like a snack and a little juice box. Uh, every day and of course i got a yeah and i got a bag of doritos and, and a juice like i always do and um and i had them and they were they must have been really old because they were super stale i mean they were they were like one bite and you know that these are bad type of stale and then for whatever reason <laughs> after that moment and that experience i never wanted to have doritos again 
And I shunned Doritos for like 10 years or so, maybe less than 10 than that. But it was a while. It was basically I'd forgotten the taste. Let's just say that I'd forgotten the taste. Wow. After that bad experience, that's how bad it was. Um, But we were at South Carolina. We were at a family reunion um, and I was with. Yeah, Hilton Head, South Carolina. I was uh, with Eric. Connor was probably there. I don't remember. But uh, Eric was doing something on a tablet or phone or something. Um, and I was watching. And he had this big party size bag of Doritos. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and he was eating them like they were like he was eating them like I know he had them ranked number two on his list. I've seen him eat these things. He, they are, they are deservedly number two. <laughs> and so he's once, going once, once again, Eric. Once again, Zach is making it sound like the Eric is fat. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Eric. It's all good, man. It's all good. I, I gotta, I gotta paint the story the way I saw it. It's okay. So, <laughs> so I'm enjoying Eric's, every second of this. So <laughs> chowing down these Doritos, and I'm like, I'm looking at him like, damn, he is really liking these things. So I'm like, okay, let me. I know it's been like ten years or something. I remember I didn't like Doritos, but I remember I used to like them a long time ago. I was like, okay, Eric's doing it. You know, he's like a big brother sort of thing. I'll do it. I'll I'll take a I'll take a Dorito and see how it is and. It was good, man. It was it was good to the point where I started eating more and more, and then <laughs> and then uh, and then I got hooked on them, and then I started eating them again. Like when my parents would get them and stuff for for them, I would start eating them. But that's one of those things, and I've told Eric it before. I don't I don't think Nate's heard that story, or I don't no. know if Connor has, but um, I, I feel like I probably have. It's just you probably a long you time. probably have, yeah. So I told I didn't even tell Eric at the time. I told him that like many years down the road after that. Uh, I was like, yeah, hey, man. Like, at me. He was like, remember in Hilton Head when you were eating those Doritos? Like, I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> Eric, it, it was just another Dorito there. <laughs> For me, yeah, he's like, was, I didn't was, like him back then. Like, you got me to like him. I was like, what? <laughs> like, Eric's like, you know, remember when you were eating those Doritos and Eric was like, what, you mean like five minutes ago? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. So that's my story with Doritos, guys. Um, who knows? Maybe the next time I eat a stale one, I'll uh, I'll be turned off from them for another ten years. But I doubt it. <laughs> Don't worry, Eric will be there to save the day again. Yeah, like, Eric. Don't forget the taste. Be... Don't forget the taste. <laughs> yeah, but that that shows that goes to show you when it's stale, it's bad. Um, and then I guess number six on my list here. I didn't originally have this because kind of like Nate, I I didn't really consider ice cream is a snack food but i when i saw eric put a ben and jerry's on the list i was like he can't get away with that without me doing one so i picked my top ben and jerry's flavor uh chunky monkey it's just got a lot of really good things in it i mean you can't go wrong with any of the ben and jerry's but that's uh that would be my go-to <laughs> yeah so but i i do like the chunky monkey kind so that's why i got that where it's at, and then I got Cheetos oh. at uh, number five. <laughs> You're about to say Chia. Yeah. <laughs> um, I that coming. I was like, where is he going with this? Cheetos. They're good, man. They're they're a good chip. They're really solid. The biggest downside, like everybody who's had these, though, is they know their fingers are all orange after them. That's the downside. That's the best part. You get to lick them. I maybe when I was a kid I did that, but. 
I don't do that anymore. I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm certainly not doing with the There's, Corona thing going yeah, on right now, but <laughs> yeah. So, but no, I've I never really did that, and I it's if you don't have a napkin nearby, it's like oh man. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um, but you know they're they're really good. They're especially the crunchy kind. I think is a lot better than the puffs. Um, and that they have other flavors that are good too. But the the traditional uh, regular kind is the standby. That's the standard to get. Um, so yeah, I got Cheetos there at five. Then at number four, Nate was talking about his onion strips earlier. Yeah. I picked a <laughs> higher quality version of that. <laughs> um, <laughs> a little bit more onion with this, uh, but the less on- better. <laughs> <laughs> the onion rings. I mean, these aren't something that's you know very readily accessible. You can get frozen and and heat them up if you really want, but. Uh, no, like if I'm ever at a restaurant or anything, and a lot of times they have like sides you can pick from. And if it's between like fries or onion rings, I'll always go onion rings. I just like them a little bit better than fries uh, typically. And you can dip them too. I mean, you can dip fries as well, but uh, but that sauce, I'm not sure, sure what kind of sauce oh. that is. But I do know onion rings, whatever sauce they usually serve with them, it's, it's a good pairing. Uh, but you can eat them plain too. We'll, we'll see, Zach. See, the, where you've gone wrong is that when they give you a choice of fries and onion rings, you say tater tots. <laughs> tater tots are good, don't get me oh. wrong, but I I don't know. I got onion rings. I'm going to put onion rings ahead of that. Nate, you, you, you want the onion ring side, too? I would as well, yeah, in that situation. <laughs> All right, what about you, Eric? Wait. Sorry, I had that boy for a second. What? Oh, I, just, oh, I, 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 I told Zach, I said that where he's gone wrong is that because he said when you say fries or onion rings, you say onion rings. But I said when they say fries or onion rings, you say tater tots. <laughs> oh, uh, I mean, I'm a fry guy more than anything, but I didn't I didn't think about the tots, <laughs> but, but no, I'm, I'm a traditionalist with the fries unless it's maybe like I mean, some of these places don't. Well, I guess Burger King does like their fries are mad probably go onion rings there but like anywhere else like give me the fries okay all right so yeah they're 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 classic they're good uh always uh another thing too with these that's that's fun to do is you put them up to your eyes and make it look like you have glasses on (laughs) (laughs) i mean come on we've all done this before yeah we've all done that (laughs) what Zach has gotten like so creative with his snacks. Maybe when I was like seven, I might have. But (laughs) (laughs) all right, so my number three pick, kind of like, kind of combining, you know, some other people have had some chips and dip on theirs, but this picture, I've got chips with a little pairing of guac and salsa. I mean, everybody knows I love guac. I I love salsa just as much though, and and. uh, Really, it's one of those things where it's, you want to switch back and forth. You don't want to eat. If you, if you have the choice, obviously, you, you have both. You put a little bit of salsa on. You put a little bit of guac on. It's That's amazing right there. I mean, if you have queso, that's a plus, too. But you got to remember, these chips are only so big. So you got to put the the best ingredients on, which are salsa and, uh, and guac. So that's a, that's a classic uh, Mexican tradition. <laughs> <laughs> I would say I would I would agree with Eric on the queso being the best. <laughs> yeah, I know I know how you feel about guac, but uh, but yeah. I mean, I, I, really, I like salsa too, sad. but <laughs> yeah, yeah. The the guac on my picture looks sad compared to Nate's. I would definitely take Nate's guac. Um, over <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but still, guac is guac. I'll, I'll eat it. Um, 
Then at number two, I've got the classic movie time snack, uh, movie theater butter popcorn. Doesn't really, I don't care what kind of, what who makes the popcorn. This is Orville Redenbacher, but really doesn't matter. I I haven't had a bad experience with popcorn. Um, it's classic at movies. I I just wish it wasn't priced as much as it were, and I yeah. would get it all the time. But uh, I guess if you have a loyalty rewards or something, you can get a better deal with movie theaters on it. But even just watching at home movies uh, and cooking some in the microwave, it's easy, it's quick. Uh, it's another thing where you can just snack on and just, I mean, I I just really struggle with this at movie theaters when I get like a, a thing of popcorn. Not that, if I get one the size of this, I don't have to struggle about it. But if I get the small kind, I got to struggle uh, to get through the previews without eating any because I want to say something <laughs> in the movie. It's a struggle. It's one of those things where it's like, if you have, if you give me like a million bucks and I have to watch through like 20 minutes of previews like theaters do nowadays, and I can't eat any pop, a single popcorn, I'll I'll pass the challenge. I'll get the money, but it'll be hard. It'll be a hard challenge for me. <laughs> I was about to say, I would think you'd do it for a million bucks. <laughs> yeah. I, I would do it. But what, right what if it was? What if it was for? Sell. What if it was for 20 bucks? 20 bucks yeah oh man do i don't it. know it'd be I hard want, i want money <laughs> yeah it would but it's just hard not to resist one like you would be thinking about it for like 10 minutes but then like maybe the 13th minute you get like you don't think about it and then your instinct is just hand bag mouth you know? <laughs> yeah <laughs> Or like, or like you know, you'd be thinking about it, and you'd be like trying to sneak one. Like if I can like yeah. sneak one of these into my mouth, like. I mean, just the smells coming off are just hitting your cameras nose. everywhere, bro. Cameras everywhere, bro. <laughs> yeah, twenty dollars. I don't think I'd take that Con- too seriously. Contact, contact your friend to like make the cameras go down for a second. Yeah. <laughs> All right, and then at my number one spot, kind of like Eric. I mean, if I really wanted to, I could fill a whole top ten of Reese's, but. Uh, these are the best, you know, chocolates of all time, in my opinion, Reese's, and it's really not even close. Uh, and to me, the peanut butter eggs, I mean, they're all peanut butter, but the eggs kind, we really were in eggs theme last month with it being Easter, but these have the best proportion of peanut butter to chocolate. It's a little, it's more peanut butter than you get in the normal cups. Um, I've had the sticks like Eric showed earlier. They're good. Um, I mean, everything by Reese's is good, but these are classic. These are what you would taste like in the normal peanut butter cups, but it's just a little bit more, and it's the better ratio, which is more important. Uh, so Agreed. Easter, Agreed. Easter, yeah, you agree with this? So, yeah, mm-hmm. when it comes to Easter, uh, the, the Reese's peanut butter eggs are – it's amazing. I wish they had these year-round, um, but they have other variants, I guess, like the Christmas trees and stuff. But the eggs – they're they're great. Love them. Like I love all my list. Anyone want to comment? <laughs> I guess on anything on my list. We go on to the next topic. Well, the the one thing I the I guess what surprised me most about your list was that guacamole wasn't number one. With yeah, with you being guacamole, that's your life. Yeah, see the the guacamole life thing that really originated back in like. 2016 or something i don't know if nate was in this class but i uh that was uh, so three years ago yeah (laughs) guac is still good but back in 2016 (laughs) back in 2016 eric you got me on another guac story here but i got time for it i'll do it Um, (laughs) so i was down in key west with my family right and we're watching the cruise boats and stuff they're pretty massive 
and there's of you know if you've ever been in the keys there's a lot of uh street performers and stuff doing various like circus type of tricks like sword swallowing and stuff like that going on there's a whole scene of that stuff that type of stuff going around and there was this lady who had like a a little guac stand with where she was selling guac and chips and guac and salsas and stuff and uh and we got some and it was so good i i was like dang this is really good guac and then I actually ended up doing for one of my high school classes. I think it was like principles of entrepreneurship or something. Oh yeah. Um, we had to come up with a business or a service or something, and we had to make a huge PowerPoint and a huge Word document about our product or service, and uh, basically say how we would start it up, what, how much money we would need, what our business model would be like, and all these, all these different business things. And I actually made for mine uh, a thing called the Guac Stop. And I was uh, I made a guacamole food truck uh, with a menu centered around guac. I mean, you could get all kinds of guac. I would make all these different flavors and stuff, have different side dishes and stuff related to guac. And I was I was obsessed with guac. So when I made my Twitter account, that's why I changed. That's why I made that name Guac for Life. Don't get me wrong. It's really good. But given the choice, Eric, I would I'd take the eggs. I got you. I I feel like you can make some good money if you actually were able to go through that. That sounds like a good idea. Yeah. Yeah, No, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm not saying that it's, uh, I'll show you the logos later after the podcast that I have for the, the food truck. But yeah, it's, it's one of those things that's not going to be like my goal in life or anything, but it's one of those things where like, you know, maybe one day down the road, I'll actually follow through with this. Uh, but Nate, were you in that class? I can't remember if you were or not. I think I was, I did that same project. Yeah, I don't remember that memorable. Mark's was memorable to me. Uh, his presentation. He he was like a gambling thing in Las oh, Vegas. Right. That was memorable that's to right. me, but because <laughs> he Mark loves to gamble. Yeah. But uh, yeah, that that'll that ends the snack food talk and the random school stories I'm sharing now. So we'll move on to the NFL. <laughs> well, real real, real quick yeah, before yeah. we move on, if we get. If we get famous and, you know, like eventually we're doing appearances and stuff, if you happen to come across this episode and just remember these snacks and, you know, if we if we get to where we're doing appearances and photographs, eventually bring us these and we will be so happy with y'all. Just just (laughs) look us up in the future. okay? You can get autographs, (laughs) pictures, whatever you want from us. (laughs) Eric and I. Eric and I are going to be in some serious little Debbie commercials. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You guys are yeah, these folks. Little folks Debbie, we're, we're we're calling for you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, sorry. <laughs> it's okay. All right, so now we're going to talk oh. about the top. We'll transition to top ten NFL teams of all time. Connor, you can start us with your first list here. All right, so I am going to make this mostly brief because I know we've yeah. spent a lot of time on the other list. So, yeah. but. So I'm, I'm going to go 1 to 10. <laughs> I'm going to go 1 to 10. And so obviously number one, there's there's no other team that you could put number one other than the 72 Dolphins. I mean, the only team in NFL history to go undefeated. It was 17-0. and 0, And I actually, it was funny. I was watching the NFL Network just produce these, like, America's Game, like that series. And it details, like, each of the Super Bowl teams. And they'll get, like two or three players or coaches from that team to like kind of narrate throughout the episode, like what was going on. And they were talking about how, cause the final score of that Super Bowl was 14 to seven, but actually like it, 
could have been 17 to zero. They were lining up for a field goal with the kicker and the, basically they were thinking like they were got, they got really overconfident is what happened. They're like, Oh, all right. This is like going to be perfect. We're going to be 17 and Oh, the score is going to be 17 to zero, like perfect. And so, but then the snap or something got botched and like, you know, then the kicker like went through the ball up to like nobody <laughs> and the Redskins like intercepted it and ran it back for a touchdown. So mm-hmm. that's why it was 14 to seven. So, but yeah, there's, there's no other team to put number one than the 72 dolphins. Um, as much as I would have liked to probably put one of these Steelers teams above them, I, I can't in good conscience do that. <laughs> so, but then number two is where my bias is going to come out a little bit. I've got the 78 Steelers at number two. Um, this is pretty, the Steelers obviously had a lot of good teams in the seventies. You know, they won four Super Bowls during that time. So it's kind of hard to not include at least one of those teams. I've got two of them on the list, but I'll start with the one. The 78 Steelers is usually could uh, regard as the best in that group. I mean, this team is usually the there is when like everybody came together because the 74 and 75 Steelers, it still had a lot of like a little bit of leftover players from the previous years, but they weren't as good. Whereas 1978 was when they had, you know, I think it was like 10 pro bowlers on this team. And like all 10 of those pro bowlers were like eventual hall of famers. And, you know, they, the offense, the defense, the steel curtain was, you know, the force in the league. And to make it even better was the fact that, you know, they knocked off the defending Super Bowl champions. The Cowboys had just won it the year before. And I think it was more proof that, like, the Steelers were still the best team of the decade because the Cowboys were kind of trying to vie for that, you know, and they kind of they really wanted to make up for the fact that they had lost that first time in the Super Bowl to the Steelers. And the Steelers were like, no, we're still the best team and took them down again. So I think that really cemented their legacy. And then, of course, they won the Super Bowl the next year, too. And the rest is history. But so I got the 78 Steelers on this list at number two. Number three, probably what everybody thought was going to be number two on my list, but um, it probably will be on the, I I think it is on the other guys, list, either one or two, the 85 Bears, I mean, the greatest probably like one year team in the history of the league. Unfortunately for the Bears, they could never, because at least for like the Dolphins and the Steelers, they had a lot of like, you know, continued success with those teams. I mean, the dolphins were really good in the early seventies, the Steelers in like the mid to late seventies, but unfortunately for the bears, they're not really remembered. (laughs) (laughs) They're not really remembered for much else other than this season. The 86 bears were also fairly decent, but other than that, no one really remembers them for anything except this one season, you know, the 46 defense, they were 15 and one. The only team they lost to was the Dan Marino led dolphins. And I mean, Everybody remembers their Super Bowl, too. They absolutely destroyed the Patriots in the Super Bowl. It was like 46 to 10 or something like that. So um, very, very dominant. Then I've got the 89 49ers on this list. Um, This is the largest. This is actually a Jeopardy question in one of the previous Jeopardy, Jeopardy, the final (laughs) Jeopardy question. The largest margin of victory in any Super Bowl, the 49ers beating the Broncos 55 to 10. And I mean, I think this is true for a lot of these kind of dynasty like teams that the later years of their dynasty are usually like the better years because like you know early on you know they're still kind of in the middle and but they're still winning but they're not quite 
truly dominant, but then you kind of get to like year three, year four, and now you are like the dominant team. So I feel like that's the way it was for the 49ers this year, you know, Montana and Jerry Rice. This was like, this was the second Super Bowl that they won together. And, you know, the 49ers were, they had the top offense in the year. And with Roger Craig, and I think a lot of people underrate their defense too. No, everybody thinks about Montana and Rice and Roger Craig, but they forget about the great defense too. Then at number five, I had to try and decide which of the two Cowboys teams between the 92 and 93 Cowboys to put on here. I went with the 92 Cowboys because I was looking at the record. They had one more win in 1992, and their playoff wins were a lot more dominant in 1992 because I know, obviously, they beat the Bills 52-17 to in the Super Bowl, and I know that they beat the Bills 30-13 to in the second Super Bowl, but in the second Super Bowl, they were actually losing that game at halftime. Like, the Bills were actually on course to win that Super Bowl, but the Bills just somehow, you know as unfortunately for my dad and all Bills fans out there, as the Bills always seem to do, the wheels just kind of came off. And, you know, the Cowboys took over in the second half, and they scored like 20 unanswered points or something like that. So uh, that's why I went with the 92 Cowboys. Then I went with the 1996 Packers at number six. This was the only time that Brett Favre ever won a Super Bowl. And, you know, this is Reggie White was on the team and the Packers came in with the number one offense in the league. And, you know, this was the high moment of Drew Bledsoe being in New England. You know, everybody thought that he was going to maybe do something with the Patriots, but the Packers were there to kind of close the door on them. And also very interesting that this was the only Super Bowl in history that a special teams player won the MVP award with Desmond Howard and his kick returning <laughs> to win the MVP award. It wasn't Brett Favre or uh, anybody like that. It was Desmond Howard, apparently. So then I went with the 84 49ers. This was, you know, uh, another thing like the Steelers. Like I felt like I kind of had to put like two 49ers teams on this list. And I went with the 84 49ers. This was the first time that um, Montana and Rice were together in the Super Bowl. So um, another, they were like, I can't remember their record. They were like 13 and three or 12 and four in the regular season. And um, very, very good year. Then the 1975 Steelers at number eight. It's funny. I didn't even realize this picture has a number eight next to the 75 Steelers. That's perfect. Um, Yeah. Yeah, this was their, the, I think this Super Bowl was a lot better for them. Obviously, like the first year, they were kind of figuring everything out. This year was when they, you know, were truly dominant. And I know I remember watching, again, the America's game on this team, and they actually got embarrassed really early in the season by the Buffalo Bills. Uh, O.J. Simpson ran for like 200 yards on them. And it was he was like the only guy to ever run for 200 yards on the steel curtain. And they were like, yeah, we're never letting that happen again. So <laughs> the defense really locked down and... Like I said, also with the Super Bowl, this Super Bowl was more exciting because the first Super Bowl against the Vikings was kind of like Franco Harris won the MVP, even though he didn't really do too much. It was just because nobody else really did anything in the game. And Franco Harris like got like the only real touchdown for the Steelers in that game for the most part. So uh, but this time, Terry Bradshaw and the rest of the team actually showed up in the Super Bowl. And it was it was a good game against the Cowboys. Then I had number nine was the 2004 Patriots. This was another team. I had a really hard time deciding which Patriots team to put on this list, and I went with the 2004 Patriots for the reason that this was, I think, their best Super Bowl win. 
in the terms of that, you had the first two Super Bowls they won with a field goal, like a field goal at the end of the game to win the game. And then you have the fact that they honestly should not have beaten the Seahawks or the Falcons in the Super Bowl. Like, I'm still baffled that they managed to win <laughs> both of those. Like, you know, obviously the Seahawks run the ball and then the Falcons blowing that 28 to three lead. And then finally, the one against the Rams was just probably the most boring football game I've ever watched in my life. So <laughs> I went with the 2004 uh, game. You know, they they pretty much dominated that Super Bowl against the Eagles. The Eagles were trying to come back at the end, but, you know, it wasn't they, they couldn't do it. And then obviously that 14 and two regular season was uh, nothing to sneeze at. I would they did break my heart that year though because that was Roethlisberger's rookie season and they made it to the AFC Championship game and the Patriots ended that dream season for the rookie quarterback unfortunately. But so I went with the 2004 Patriots there and finally at number ten, I decided that I was going back and forth whether I wanted to put them on this list or not. But I decided that I would put the 2007 Patriots on here. Because obviously they went uh, undefeated in the regular season, but the reason why they're number 10 on this list and the reason why I contemplated even putting them on this list was because obviously they lost the most important game. You know, when you go, the, the, 18, the 85 Bears went 18-1, and one, but that one was in the regular season to the Dolphins. The one in 18-1 and one for the Patriots was the Super Bowl. They didn't win the big game. They were not the world champions that year. So that's why I... I know I think I don't think either Zach or Eric have them on this on their list because, you know, normally you'd think you'd want to include all Super Bowl champions. But I was like, well, I guess I'll give them credit. And I couldn't really think of a, another like good team in my head that I really wanted to put at that spot. So I just I put the 2007 Patriots, but I would definitely not put them any higher than number 10. All right. Yeah, it's an interesting list. And uh this following list by Nate kind of contradicts quite a few things that Connor said. So I'm really interested to see the where Nate's going to go with this because my list definitely is closer to Connor's than Nate's. But uh, Nate, take us off. Yes, yeah, so I've got definitely some more hot takes here, I guess you could say. But I'm lead off with number one. Um, I'm with the 85 Bears for number one. Um, and some of the reasons I kind of like explain. But I think... Out of all these teams, they dominated the most on the way to their um, eventual championship. Um, just the way their defense played, obviously, that year, everyone knows how good they were. Um, held opponents 12 points a game, which is pretty crazy. And then they were so far ahead of the league, too, in um, points allowed per game. It wasn't just that they were good in there, but like they were so much better than everybody else. They just steamrolled people. Um, they steamrolled my Patriots. Um <laughs> In the, their first Super Bowl appearance, um, beat them by like 30 points, which just flat blowout. So I had to give them the number one spot um, just for that kind of level of dominance. And then at number two, this is one of the two main hot takes um, on this list. I put the 2007 Patriots. I know I'm definitely a little bit biased in this area, but <laughs> just when you look at what this team accomplished like yes they lost the super bowl but it's kind of like i went from like my kind of like rationale for this list was not so much like exactly what they did as far as like wins and losses but more so like 
how great like were these teams like not that necessarily having the best roster makes you a great team but i kind of like took that i think a little bit more into account um than you guys did but um i just had the 07 patriots because you look at the connection of brady to moss um the guys they had on defense like teddy bruski um rodney harrison asante samuel like vince wilfork like they were loaded and they are another team that's cruised past everybody and um, they're the first undefeated regular season since, um, and first first and only one since um, since the Dolphins did it, and they had an extra two games. Uh, the Dolphins only had a 14 game regular season back then, so um, I give them credit for that huge achievement. And they lost the Super Bowl, but I don't think it's like should prevent them from being, you know, recognized as one of the great teams um, ever assembled. Um, so the number three, I've got the 1990 or 89 um 89 90 uh 49ers they that was another team that um was just crazy like roster construction they got joe montana like jerry rice um ronnie lott like all kinds of hall of famers all over the place and they're another team that just like thumped everybody in their way so i had to give them number three spot um like Connor said biggest Super Bowl blowout ever, um, which you get the second best team in the league, apparently, and you do that to them. It's you definitely got to get some points for that. Um, and the number four, I'm definitely going to get some heat for putting this low, but I put the 72 Dolphins there, which obviously they deserve a ton of credit for going undefeated. It's even though it was a shorter season, like nobody's done it in the what is it almost. Almost 40 54, years. 54 Super Bowls and uh, 100 years, basically, of the NFL. Oh, I guess. Yeah, I guess you talk about the whole history of the NFL. Yeah, yeah I, was, yeah. I was thinking since they did it, but yeah, no one did it before them either. So, yeah, it's a crazy achievement. Um, so they do get props for that, but it's just when I look at this team, it's like, can you really say that? And not that you want to do head to head because you'd be there here all day talking about which one of these teams would be, would, you know, be the best, but it's like they ran through teams that just came over from the AFL a couple years back they weren't you know what I mean like they were the level of competition I don't think was as strong as some of these later teams played against the league was kind of still coming into its own um so which now they don't deserve credit they had all kinds of legends on that team as well um so I think for really top four like I can't really you know argue against it but um I just got them a little bit lower than um i think you guys do but um yeah going to number five i've got the 90 shoot which which year was this again um 92 i think yeah 92 92 Mm -hmm. yep cowboys um i gotta i should have done what you guys did and put more um pictures ahead of years in there but um (laughs) this is my first cowboys team on the list you got this picture of the triplets there um troy aikman uh, and Smith and uh, Michael Irvin. That was a nasty team as well in terms of just roster talent that, um, you know, I think very few teams have been able to ever put, like, that kind of, you know, Hall of Famer at quarterback, running back, um, and wide receiver, and plus some other positions on offense and defense. That, so that was definitely a nasty team as well. Um, and then number six, I've got the um, 70s. 78 Steelers, um, the only Steelers team on my list. Um, but that defense back then was incredible, and 
um, for that era. Like that was dynasty of the seventies. And I think that was the best team. Um, my personal opinion out of that dynasty. So they definitely get, you know, huge credit for that. And then, um, number seven, I've got the 95. Yeah. 95, 96. <laughs> 96. Yeah. My years with all these are, <laughs> yeah. I've been tricked up. It's like the Super Bowl is like the year after. So like I see you know, they won the Super Bowl in 90. Yeah, um, no, the date. Yeah. The, yeah. Yeah. I was just messed up, but, um, yeah. So those Packers, um, I think that was the best Packers team. Like I want to put in one of those, the older, like sixties Packers, but I just couldn't really justify like putting a team when the league had like eight teams in it, um, you know, over some of these other teams. But this, this team was legit. They had young Brett Favre, um, Reggie White, the probably top five defensive ends of all time. You definitely can make the argument for number one. Um, and they just steamrolled people again. You see my pats there in the picture. Um, the first two times they made the Super Bowl before the uh, Brady-Belichick era, they just got thumped by a couple of legendary teams. Some unfortunate times to make the Super Bowl coming out of the AFC those years. But, um, yeah, another great team there. And then number um, eight, I definitely should have picked a different picture than just Joe Montana sitting there because this was the <laughs> – oh, boy – um, I'm gonna make a note of this. They beat in the Super Bowl. 80, it was in the '84, maybe it was, or something. I think it was the '84. Yeah, the '84 the 49ers. That we all have probably. Yeah, yeah, I think I just put a different picture for some reason. Yeah. I don't know why Generic I did that. Joe. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess they didn't notice. You guys had a picture in there already, but um, yeah. So that team before Jerry Rice got there. So um, if you were looking at the head-to-head thing, they probably won't be as dominant, but. Oh, um, so that, that'd be the 83 49ers then, if it was before 80, Jerry Rice got there. Or, like, 82 uh, or 83 then. Looking at... No, I, I think they, ha- I think they had him. I'm this, pretty sure it's the 84. Yeah, well, either... Well, no, I'm saying, like, if, if he's saying that it's the, that he wants the 49ers team from before Jerry Rice got there, then it would be the... Um, it would well, be, the 80, the... be the 81 49ers before Jerry Rice got there. Oh, I've got, I don't know, I had um, Pro Football Reference up, and it was 84. I didn't see Jerry Rice in the roster. and they could have played the Dolphins. Mistaken. They did, Jerry Rice was on the roster. Oh, okay, yeah. so um, yeah. this is, that's okay. my bad. <laughs> well, yeah, same, same team there. Um, uh, yeah, but that's <laughs> kind of off I'll, I'll fix it for you, I'll fix it for yeah. you. Keep talking. But, um. <laughs> Yeah, basically what you guys said is a great team, um, great roster as well. Um, and then in ninth, I've got the t- 2003 Pats. Um, like Connor said, I think this is – I went through all the rosters, and besides 2007, of all the Super Bowl winning Pats teams, I think this is definitely the best one, um, most complete roster. Um, that's another loaded defense with um, Richard Seymour, who's probably going to make the Hall of Fame soon, hopefully. Um, again, Rodney Harrison, like all those guys were there, Mike, Va- Mike Vrabel. Um, and then they beat the Eagles, not in blowout fashion, but they definitely controlled that game. They ran through the league, only lost two games, I believe, our regular season. So I think it was by far the most complete Pats team, um, of the dynasty. And then in 10th place coming in, um, to round it out, I've got the 1974. Four, I believe Cowboys. Um, no. 
No. Um, you're, you're think, I think you're thinking of the, the, uh, the, the, the 71 Cowboys. Yes, that's the one with Roger Staubach. Um, the original, quote-unquote, America's team um, definitely, like, were a dominant team, but also, like, the, the impact they had with, you know, bringing in that kind of term, like, America's team. They had a couple of, like, you know, Roger Staubach was the um, veteran. They had, you know, they brought in, like, the cheerleaders and had the whole, like, thing going on that kind of, like, revolutionized um, the NFL a little bit. Um, so in addition to what they did on the field, which was obviously dominant and helped kind of spark um, a little bit of a Cowboys dynasty there for a while, um, that was another huge team as well. So that's kind of my list. I know it's a little bit, um, uh, a little bit some things you can there. a little bit there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, some interesting selections, but um, that's just how I kind of saw it. So interested to hear. Yeah. Uh, you guys have with all of these lists there's always one person that is a little bit out there usually it's me t- to be honest yeah. it's usually the one most out there but this one i think goes to nate yeah um, <laughs> i had to keep it interesting but, yeah yeah of course, of course. uh so basically all of my pictures have shown up on other people's slides but um i'll go through them one to ten so number one obviously i have to pick the only undefeated team the dolphins um, they really should have won that Super Bowl, like Connor mentioned that story before. It should have been 17 and 0 with the score 17 and 0, but uh, that uh, blocked field goal attempt and then the kicker like <laughs> just fumbling the ball. I mean, it's one of those things. It's a great. You tried to like throw it up time. for some reason. <laughs> Every, yeah, go watch the video. You'll get a laugh out of that. But um, luckily for the Dolphins, it didn't ruin their that it didn't cost them the game and this the greatness. Can you imagine that? But uh, no, a little, it, that's why the score looks a little closer than it deserves to be. But uh, but that Dolphins team, I gotta put it at number one for for their perfectness. And then number two, the really the close. I mean the 07 Patriots too. But uh, the the other closest team to perfection, the '85 Bears, I have here. Um, Really, I think this would have been a more intriguing Super Bowl if the Dolphins had made it with uh, Marino. That would have been really because they did. They were the only team that beat the Bears in the regular season. So if that rematch had happened, that could have gone down, I think, as one of the best Super Bowls of all time. The Dolphins had a couple more losses that year. Uh, and then obviously they lost to the Patriots to, to make it to the Super Bowl. But um, really fascinated to see how that would have turned out if uh, if the Dolphins had made it, if the Bears had won. Uh, or not obviously I still think they would have but they lost to him the first time so you never know um, and then the third greatest team I have on my list the uh, 89 49ers you know this is this is before my time obviously like Connor and Nate so I didn't watch this team growing up or anything but just looking at the score it tells you all you need to know 55 to 10 against the Broncos and John Elway uh, says a lot about both sides of the ball, being able to score 55 points and being able to hold a Super Bowl opponent to 10. That's greatness on both sides. So uh, they're number three on my list for that. And then I've got another 49ers team because everybody knows the 49ers were so dominant back then. Uh, this is the 84 49ers, I guess, when they beat the Dolphins in the Super Bowl 38-16. Uh, just another great team, just slightly less achievements, I guess, than that. 89 team like connor said the dynasty set in and matured over time with uh with that thumping of the 
Broncos. Um, <laughs> I think I just made that word up, but we'll go with it. Um, and then I've got the 96 uh, Packers here. Another great team littered with uh, – whoa, sorry. Everybody just got a spoiler of Eric's list there. But um, littered with greats <laughs> like uh, like Reggie White, Brett Favre, um, and, and really destroyed the, the Patriots in their Super Bowl win too, which gives them credit for that. Um, and then I've got the Steelers teams here. I've got the 77 or 78 team. Yeah, 78 team. I don't know. This one actually had the year right on it. Um, yeah. But – they uh they were pretty dominant too from what I looked up I I don't know much as much about them as Connor did so he explained most about them but they deserved even this list obviously like we all have them and then I've got the back to back Dallas Cowboy champions here this uh this one I don't know if this is the year that you guys were talking about with the other Cowboys teams but um no you you got the, yeah. yeah you got you got the ninety three Nate yeah, got the so, ninety two yeah. Uh-huh. It was uh it was close here between the two you can go apples to oranges, but uh Aikman I think he had a little bit better of a year and the defense I think was a little bit better for the season that's why I put him on here but it's really can be interchangeable. Um, then I've got the uh, 75 Steelers on this list uh, another dominant team in the 70s just like the 78 one just a little bit less I think. Uh, but still deserving to make this list, so I'm appeasing Connor with two Steelers teams here. <laughs> <laughs> um, and then, like everybody else has had so far, the 04 Patriots, that was the best Super Bowl winning Patriots team. Uh, Nate talked about all those great players on that team, and that was the one Super Bowl that wasn't controversial. It wasn't one where they needed a field goal to win it by Adam Vinatieri, or they needed... Uh, Blunder called by <laughs> Carroll or Shanahan with the Falcons lead and everything. So it was the one that they really earned the most, I think. I mean, there was some, I mean, those losses to the Giants. I mean, that one with the crazy catch, they probably didn't deserve that. And that would have been a perfect season for them, but it happened. So I, that's why I don't have any non Super Bowl teams on this list, just because it did happen. Um, but then number 10, I wanted to pick a team where I know that, um, the one before that, number nine, I was alive for. But I really didn't watch or remember football from back then. So I wanted to pick a, a team that I did remember. And uh, the Eagles from just a couple of years ago, their Super Bowl win, they were actually a really good team. They were 13-3 and three in the regular season. And this is modern NFL football. So this is where you can go from last to first, which is basically what they did the year before. And... Like I said, last of first, though, also means you have a really competitive schedule and there's hardly any easy wins uh, with how how much parity is in the league now as compared to back then. Uh, That was Nate's kind of explanation for why he had some of the more recent teams up there in the 72 Dolphins lower. But this is uh, the Eagles were a team that did win a lot of games in the really competitive era of now nowadays. and there's a lot of great players that were on that team on both sides of the ball. And Carson Wentz, he would have been the MVP, I believe, if he had been healthy for the rest of the for the whole season. But uh, obviously he went down and Nick Foles stepped up. And that's where they really suffered, I think, two out of two or maybe three, all three of those losses in the regular season were from Foles. Probably just because, you know, the backup being just thrust into play. He was a great backup, obviously, it turned out. But um, the... The thing with Foles is uh, he did 
take a little bit of time in the regular season to get used to uh, football again for the playoffs, but uh, the Eagles, and then obviously you can't talk about the Eagles without talking about that playoff run they had. And the Falcons game was close, but between the, uh, the Vikings game and the Patriots game, that was arguably the greatest playoff stretch by any Super Bowl winning quarterback. Um, and nobody would have expected it with Foles of all people. So really, they had two great quarterbacks on that roster because Wentz was having an unbelievable season until he got hurt. Uh, league MVP front runner. So you have that, and your backup quarterback played arguably the greatest two games in playoff history, uh, and they beat the almighty Patriots too to to top it off. They beat Tom Brady, uh, who threw for like a playoff record. So. That team, it was great defensively when it had to. The Super Bowl, it wasn't, obviously, but uh, but the offense was great, too. So that's why I've got the Eagles team. They were, out of all the, the teams that I've witnessed uh, win Super Bowls, they were, uh, they were the best, in my opinion, to do so. But uh, we'll go on to Eric's list here and wrap up this show with his top ten. All right, you guys. So I guess with my list, I probably have the most – different ones that nobody else had but uh nevertheless i'm excited to uh present them to you guys here so like everybody except for nate i have the 72 dolphins at number one the reason why i could see them not being number one is just because their playoff run wasn't necessarily as dominant as some of these other teams but i put them number one because they are the only team to go undefeated from start to finish and it may never happen again. So I, I just, I recognize, you know, the amazing, you know, accomplishment there. So that's why I'm keeping them at number. I kept them at number one. I actually did debate not having them there, but I was like, no, I gotta, I gotta keep them at number one, number two, 85 bears. I mean, they've been talked about a lot in this already, one of the greatest single season performances ever. Uh, if it weren't for the one loss they had during their regular season, they would probably be number one. And uh, moving on then to number three, 49ers over Broncos. That was my final Jeopardy question, as was talked about with which team had the largest Super Bowl victory. And the 49ers, just from 84 to 94 were generally impressive with three Super Bowls during that time, but I chose to highlight uh, this one as my favorite run by them. I just felt like it was the most uh, dominant, and I have to give them a lot of credit, so that's why I got them at number three. So moving on to my first one that nobody else had in their list, the 62 Packers. This was definitely going way back, but when I was researching teams – you know, the greatness of all these teams. I chose to put them in there because they also, like the 85 Bears, they only lost one game. They had a just dominant playoff run. Bart Starr for, at that time, the NFL was obviously not a passing league back then, but he was one of the only quarterbacks in that time to complete over 60% of his passes. So back then that was rare. They also only gave up 10 touchdowns that season and had 31 interceptions defensively. Uh, you'll, yeah, you'll notice uh, on my list, and Zach and Connor obviously know this with 
like when we play video games that when we play like football and basketball video games and stuff that I really like playing defense more than offense. I, I value, I mean, offense obviously you have to score more points than the other team, but I just really enjoy, you know, watching a great defensive performance. So when I saw, you know, these types of things that the 62 Packers did, I was like, I had to put them in my list. And then uh, kind of a similar reason why I went with the uh, 75 Steelers instead of the 78 Steelers. I know we were kind of talking about this off the air before we started. They had a ton of Hall of Famers on that team. Um, in eight of their 14 regular season games, they held their opponent to 10 points or fewer. And they also only gave up an average of 12.3 points during the playoffs. I mean, you want to talk about a season just falling into place. I mean, that was pretty awesome. And uh, then next I have the 04 Patriots. I felt like going from like 03 to 04 combined was just an amazing run for them. And so that's why I went with this Pats roster. I did consider putting their Super Bowl team in there where they they made it to the Super Bowl and lost where they were undefeated but then lost in the Super Bowl but I ultimately decided that you know if we're talking about the 10 greatest of all times that it should be teams that did win their championship that year so ultimately I left them out otherwise I would have had them on here but in terms of their teams where they you know won the championship at the end uh, I felt like the 04 Patriots were the best and then Susan will be happy with this one for me having the 92 Cowboys on there, although maybe she would say they should be higher. But <laughs> <laughs> uh, but obviously a great run from the Cowboys here. I, li- I like this picture with uh, Troy Emmett and Michael. I mean, they were the bases of that team. Everybody knew them. And uh, just another pure dominant team. And then at number eight, so my last three, eight through ten, nobody had any of these three on their list. But when I was researching uh, some of these teams, uh, the 1991 Washington Redskins uh, were another just force of nature. They're, again, like me liking defense, looking at the stats here, they only gave up 224 points the whole season, which was second fewest that year. And they also uh, had the highest turnover ratio at plus 18, which that's rare to have a turnover ratio that high. And um, in the Super Bowl against the Bills, they got up to a 24-0 lead. I mean, I know the final score was, uh, I think it was 37 to 24 or something like that. But Something closer it really, than it was. It, it really, it really was. wasn't that close. My um, dad will tell you, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that, so just a dominant season for the Redskins there. So I had to feature them. And then the 2000 Ravens, uh, the only thing I don't really like about them is that Trent Dilfer was their quarterback. <laughs> and he's a, he, Zach knows about this. He's a huge uh, Jaguars basher. So not a, yeah, I don't know why, but yeah, <laughs> he hates us for some reason. I don't like, I've never I understood with, why, but yeah, I, I get I why like Shannon Sharp hates us. Cause we beat them in the 96 playoffs, which was one of the biggest upsets of all time. But I don't really get why Trent Dilfer hates us so much, but he does, but <laughs> he's, he's like not, nobody. <laughs> he's not the reason why, uh, you know, the Ravens are on this list. They're on this list. I mean, this was arguably 
one of the greatest defenses of all time, especially when you get into more of the, you know, quarterback and pass happy eras of football. I mean, they, in terms of teams that have played 16 game seasons, they have the record for fewest points allowed in a single season at only 165 points. And they played four playoff games and they only allowed a combined 23 points, seven of which was on the kickoff return in the Super Bowl. I mean, they only gave up one offensive touchdown that whole playoff run. I mean, that's just insane. (laughs) (laughs) If they had a more potent offense, they could have been much higher on the list. Mm -hmm. But I put them on there just because of how insanely good their defense was. And then going on to the opposite side of the ball, I put the 99 Rams in. They, I mean, up until like the Chiefs these last couple seasons with Mahomes, like the 99 Rams would be, could be argued as one of the greatest offenses of all time. I was a big Kurt Warner fan, a big Marshall Falk fan. I enjoyed watching them play. Obviously our, uh, Zach and Connor and my, uh, our uncle Mike will be glad that I put them on here (laughs) being a Rams fan. And they also did be, even though it was only by, you know, it came down to a single yard at the end of the game, they did beat the Titans in that Super Bowl. And obviously as a Jaguars fan, I hate the Titans. So, uh, thank you Rams for winning that Super Bowl. Uh, but they, they, I mean, they, they, I know, like, while none of the other guys had them in their top ten, I'm sure, like, this would be a team that, you know, would have been – I'm sure many people would consider them as a contender for a top ten greatest Mm -hmm. team of all time in terms of, like, while they may not be in the top ten, they could be debated as being in the top ten. I enjoyed watching them play, so that's going to do it for my list – while the other two I didn't care as much if you uh, agreed or disagreed on this one, uh, I put a little more effort into this one. So hopefully people will agree with me a little more. <laughs> <laughs> but he still won't care. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I know, Eric. He still won't care. That's awesome, man. Uh, yeah, so there you have it, guys. It's the top 10 NFL teams of all time by myself, Eric, Connor, and Nate. We all gave you our opinions for him. Uh, hopefully you enjoy this episode. And, uh, yeah, we'll be back in a week's time or so. Bye. Peace.